We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? Did that? We're about, one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me today Randolph Childress, the Wake Forest legend, and the rifleman himself, the one and only Terrence Oglesby from Clemson University. Am I partner on the DTF podcast along with the one and only John Fanta. It is the Big 12 preview show. We talked about the ACC last night. We're diving into the Big 12 today. Uh, What some may say is the best conference in college basketball. We're going to be talking about storylines. We're going to be talking about power rankings. We're going to be talking about all league teams, and we will be joined by Jalen Wilson of the Kansas Jayhawks here in just a little bit. First and foremost, T.O. RC, what's going on, guys? How we doing? Good, Doing man. great. I'm just happy we brought two shooters to a conference that couldn't shoot. Can't How about shoot. That? I, I think we can get a scholarship offer right now. Right. Yeah, I, like if I, if I loosen the hamstrings up just enough, I might be able to at least give Mark Adams four minutes of of, of game time. Of game time. Let's not take that out of context. Let's leave, let's leave that clip alone. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a great conference. Defensively, this conference is a beast. I'm excited about talking about it. The reigning national champion, Kansas. Back, to back baby. Back to back? Are you kidding me? So, I, I mean, a, a quality basketball conference, top to bottom, 10 teams, and it's a gauntlet every night. Yeah, and I will say this, T.O., you are the only one here that played any level of uh, professional basketball over the summer, which is something that you did uh, as a reality television star. So uh, we have Waka Flocka's uh, shooter here. Brick squad. Yeah, there you go. Brick squad stand up. Brick, brick, brick squad. squad. Up. Went to the bullpen for him. <laughs> all right so bring the shooter yeah you mentioned the the reigning national champions we're just going to dive into that in a second but i do want to let you guys know if you are interested in a six hundred thousand word 814 page season preview you can go and purchase your digital copy of the almanac at the link in the description below it is 1999 and it is worth every penny we spoke to every single one of the 363 division one college basketball coaches there are 1300 words on every one of those 363 division one basketball teams all right guys to me the single biggest storyline in all of the big 12 and maybe in all of college basketball is this rc kansas is going to try to repeat as champions while they still have five level one violations, and maybe a bill self-suspension, and maybe a postseason ban, something looming down the road here. I, I just, I, I, I love this idea and this narrative that it's the Kansas Jayhawks who did everything wrong in the eyes of the NCAA that's out here winning national titles. Go ahead, RC. <laughs> I, I, we were there when... <laughs> <laughs> the most awkward moment of the whole championship was when they had to hand Bill Self that trophy after winning that, expecting those sanctions to come out. I got no faith that anything's going to happen to that. I don't even know why we're even discussing it. I, I, I'm next because I, I, I don't see anything happening. I, I'd be shocked. Well, I thought the best part of it was when they he casually called them the Kansas City Jayhawks. He, he did. <laughs> As he did. he's handing I, over the national championship trophy. 
to the Kansas Jayhawks. So first of all, put some respect on their name. Second of all, uh, this team has a lot of pieces that have been that, that have left. Ochai Abaji was huge in the national title game. He was huge entire tournament. Christian Brown, everybody's favorite screamer. Uh, to the crowd, and there's been some interesting stories about uh, some of their trips whenever they were going. Uh, and, and I guess I guess the correct word is barnstorming, going around Kansas and talking to different people. Some interesting things happen on those trips. But it, it's you you big wings win, and whenever they've had experience for a few years together, and they can really shoot the ball, and and they just kind of carried that team. There was talent elsewhere, obviously, but big wings win. That being said, Jalen Wilson, you look at him to potentially take a step in the right direction. He could be more efficient. He's going to be more of a focal point. Uh, this Kansas team, after uh, the Kansas City debacle, uh, they're going to be really good again. Now, are they going to win this league? We'll see. And as this episode goes on, we'll kind of argue as to why they won't. But uh, still, a lot of talent on this team. Three McDonald's All-Americans to replace some of that talent that's departed. Uh, Kansas is still Kansas. So it's interesting, RC, in a year where it feels like everybody has a great big man in college basketball, every legit team has a great big man. It is the Kansas Jayhawks who we have come to know as being the, that group that always has that monster five, that always has that guy that we can get Bill Self uh, scheming up three, four, five, six, seven duckins a game, six, seven layups a game from guys like Derek McCormick. They don't they don't have that this year. Are you They're worried known about that? for the two game? They've been running two games since Danny Manning was there. They're running a high low action, man. They always run that. But no, I, I mean, Bill has adapted over the years and he spreads you out and run ball screens and spreads you out and j- kick and drive, depending on the talent that he has around him. So I, I don't worry about that. I think they're going to have to spread the floor a little bit more this year. You know, you had Big Dave to throw it inside when things broke down last year, but you had all the perimeter help. And, and T.O., you spoke early on the other guys. Don't forget they had Remy Martin coming off the bench that was supposed to be a starter. That was preseason like player of the year. And then you got him coming off the bench. They had three guys that you had to guard on the perimeter that were high-level shooters that you had to guard at almost a 40% clip. They don't have that right now. I think Grady Dick coming in as a freshman is by far their best shooter. MJ Rice will come in and he can knock down shots. Outside of that, it's 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 hit or miss. It depends on the game. And I, I think that's indicative of what we'll get into with this conference. It's going to be whoever makes shots. Those the Knights are going to win. I mean, that, that's just the way it's, it's turning out right now, the way it looks from the outside. Yeah, and we've we've alluded to it in the past, guys, like Kansas and Bill Self. There's nobody more creative of getting deep post touches than right. Bill Self. Like he does a fantastic job of that. Now, this season, he's got a different kind of five-man setup. Like Zach Clements is a good player. Is he your traditional big bulky five that he's had in the past? No. He's not. He's more of a step outside and shoot it. Now, is Bill going to be able to adapt? I have zero doubt that he's going to be able to do that. I'm curious, though, how long Clements at the five is going to last when you have Ernest Uday, who is more of that traditional five. He is a freshman. He is young, but he's got those big, broad shoulders. He's got a lot of those intangibles that Bill Self likes uh, about his game. I'm curious at that five position. That's the big question mark for me because Zach Clements, the way he plays, stretch it out, facilitate some offense on the perimeter. Is Bill going to want to play that way? Because he likes getting those four to six foot hook shots, bank shots, things of that nature. He's not that guy. Ernest Uday can be that guy, but he's still a freshman. So I, I think that what we're going to end up seeing, at least early on, are a lot of lineups where they are going almost five out. Some of that's going to be with K.J. Adams playing the five, who's just a a phenomenal athlete that can do all the switchable things that will – I think the quote that Bill Self gave me in the Almanac was that he's not afraid to fight you. And I think he meant like in the post and and battle for position, but I think he also kind of means like that dude might actually fight you, and you kind of need that as a small ball five. I think we're going to see lineups where Jalen Wilson is at the five, right? which can get really interesting with someone like a Grady Dick out there with someone like a Kevin McCuller, who's super switchable with MJ Rice with, with a, a, you know, a two guard look even. So I think we're going to see a much smaller kind of downsized lineup from, uh, from, from Kansas City, which leads me to the question. We're, we'll go to Jalen Wilson here in a minute, but Tia, I'm going to go to you first on this one. How important is Jalen Wilson to be the guy that takes that next step? We, we've seen it all the time with these Kansas teams and these bill self teams. Year three, year four, you get guys like Oshaya Baji becoming lottery picks and Christian Brown becoming first-round picks. And then you look over the years, their best teams are when their top 50 slash top 75 guys end up being 
NBA players by the time they become 21 years old. Well, he's certainly capable. And a, a big part portion of that, too, is he didn't shoot the three ball very well. I think it was right in the mid to low 20s, and his shot's not broken. He has to take a step in the right direction in order for Kansas to be as good as what they're capable of. And him being the singular focus out on the perimeter from a scoring perspective is huge. My biggest concern is, is he going to be able to create all those things on his own? And where does rim pressure come from? Because Kansas has done it a multitude of ways throughout the throughout the past years. Dewan Harris did it a little bit, but he also had that lob threat with McCormick. He had some of these big, bulky five men that could create post touches, could get into the lane. There's a lot of different ways to do post touches. And when you go five out, like you alluded to, Rob, like who's going to put pressure on the rim in order to create a closeout situ- situation for Jalen Wilson? Because that's when he functions best is whenever he's attacking a closeout. Is he going to be able to take a step and create his own offense, create his own shot? I think he's capable. Is it something that he's going to do consistently? That's a big question. And when he can't do it, because in the Big 12, defense is reign supreme. We both, we both, All three of us know that. It's a matter of who can make tough shots, who can create their own shots, and if you need help on certain nights uh, to at least get a closeout situation to where you can then attack and score. That's a big thing for Jalen Wilson. But it, he's going to have to shoot the ball better to create those situations for himself too. So it's kind of twofold. Yeah, he shot 26% from three last year. That is not something that we ever would have seen Randolph Childress do. All right, let's get into that interview now with uh, with Jalen Wilson. Our own TL went full Jeremy Schapp with the one-on-one sit-down. <laughs> Hello, I'm Terrence Oglesby with the Field of 68. I'm here with unanimous preseason first-team selection, Jalen Wilson of the Kansas Jayhawks. Jalen, first of all, thank you for being here. Secondly... Thanks. Congratulations on last year's national championship. And I want to ask you this, because I know Kansas did this huge tour. You guys went around the state of Kansas, did this big autograph signing and celebration. How long was it until you really started to focus in on this season? Uh, it definitely took a while. I mean, when winning a national championship, it's so much that that goes into it. You know, it's more than just uh, – an accomplishment for the team, but for the whole city, you know, everybody was able to celebrate that. Everybody had a piece in that. Uh, you said the parade, you know, that was a really big piece of, you know, getting to celebrate with everybody. So I'd say, uh, I'd say late night was kind of like the night that we transitioned. So, you know, this is a new season. This is a new year, you know, focus on what we have ahead of us, but uh, you know, it just, it takes so long, you know, we have the rings, the, uh, the banner, um, kind of everything came to fold on late night. So it was a great night to kind of like, you know, turn the page, but also recognize that that special team that we had last year. And and that team you had last year, Christian Brown is now gone. Uh, Ochai Abaji now gone. You, you had a huge role last year uh, for the team, but transitioning into this season, uh, you're obviously going to be relied on a little bit more, right? Of course. What is the thing that you looked at in your game that you're like, this is what I need to improve on? Uh, to be that piece uh, for Kansas this year? First thing I, I noticed, uh, I, you know, after losing so many great guys, is I got to be a leader now. I got to be the guy that people go to to rely on for on and off the court. You know, whenever y'all need help, I'm here for you for answers that I can give you. Uh, having the knowledge that I have with winning a national championship, going through the ups and downs that we had last season, I feel like I have a lot that I can offer to younger guys coming up that maybe I didn't have when I was a freshman and sophomore, guys who didn't get to play as much as as what they wanted to last year. Now they have to step up as well. But uh, I always looked up to Ochai. You know, he was a great leader for us. And, you know, he taught me so much about being a good leader and what it takes to to lead a team, lead a place like Kansas. So now having that opportunity, uh, you know, coming back, I just take a full, you know, full head of steam. You know, I'm, I'm very excited for the season and, you know, leadership and, and just getting guys together, you know, getting guys to recognize their role and how can they can help us win. When you talk about Kansas in the Big 12, you talk about how much success that Bill Self has had, and, and you're, you're a big part of that. Even though you lose those guys, right, you and Dewan Harris, the ex- expectations don't change. Uh, that's something you signed up for, right? And, and what is it about Kansas uh, that provides that precedent going into every season, and how do you handle those expectations? Yeah, I mean, you said it. You know, faces will always change. You know, this place is, is great. Great players come and go, but the expectations never do. Uh, the history that that follows along, you know, way before I came here, it's just been always a winning mentality. You know, this is the creator of basketball, you know, the the founders that, that have been through here, Wilts, the Paul Pierce's, the Andrew Wiggins. It goes on and on and on. And 
you know, when you sign up to come to Kansas, you're not you're not playing for yourself. You're playing for that name across your chest and uh, all the people that came before you. And you just have to have that pride of winning, that winning pride. You know, this isn't about you. This is about how you can impact this place to make it better than as as it was when you found it. And that's something that I took really, really pride in, uh, especially last year, seeing the opportunities that we had to win, the opportunities that we had to to make this place special. And I feel like we we definitely took that on. And coming back now uh, this year, it's going to be the same mindset. We're no, we want to win a national championship, want to win a conference championship, but it starts every single day in practice. Uh, you know, our, our our preseason schedule is pretty tough. And we're going to get really tested, you know, on uh, in home court and on uh, on the road. So it's going to be very well, you know, going to learn a lot. But like you said, you know, expectations will never change with, with the Hall of Fame coach and, and the coaching staff that we have, the fans that we have. You know, they're all, all they're used to is winning. You know, we've only only lost, I think, in my whole time being here, three games in the field house. So it, it, it's a lot Wild of winning stat. here. But, but that's stat. what you that's what you sign up for. And that's why I came here. That's a big time answer. Uh, Jalen, thank you so much uh, for coming on the field of 68 for the Big 12 preview, your unanimous all-conference selection. He is Jalen Wilson. I am Terrence Oglesby, and we'll get back right to the show. Thank you. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So Kansas is the reigning national champions. The team that won the national title the year before that was the Baylor Bears. They have ranked number one in the country in each of the last three seasons. They would have been one seed in the year where the uh, the COVID pandemic canceled the NCAA tournament. They won the title in 2021. And if it wasn't for a uh, a slew of injuries in the 20 in uh, the 21-22 season, they might have gone back to back. To I know how much you love this Baylor team. I know how much you love Keontae George. I know how much you love this backcourt. Is this the kind of season and this the kind of team where Baylor can go out and win a national title again? Are they that good? I, guard play wins, that's for sure. And if anybody can get guys in closeouts, it's Keontae George because he's so good with the ball. And we're forgetting like how good Adam Flagler is and how good LJ Cryer is. Like Those are two studs now. Who's like, we? You, Who's we? You say we're forgetting. Well, I, I kind of forgot during the during the interview. I kind of forgot where we were at. But but all three guards, I mean, all league-type guards in arguably the best league in the country, and they still have guys everywhere. Langston Love, he's going to come back uh, from an injury. He's a guy who can really fill it up. Uh, and then they added some other pieces, too, that are quality pieces that kind of fit what Baylor does anyway. And then you have this three-headed monster at guard to where they're going to be able to create closeouts. And gosh, if we haven't learned one thing about Baylor, when that ball's moving, impossible to guard because they have so many versatile offensive pieces that can put the ball on the floor. Last year, there were times where they would get stagnant because Akinjo would hang on to the ball. I'm not sure that's going to happen as much this season, even though Keontae George will do that at times, but he is far and away more talented uh, than the previous than the guard last year, gosh, brain fart that just went out of James Akinjo. What they, yeah, what they, they, they he's last more year. talented than James, James Akinjo. So, I mean, you're going to be able to see him create more opportunities. And, and I'm telling you, Keontae George could be player of the year in the big 12. He is that talented and he could be a, one of those special freshmen that you look back and you're like, man, that was one hell of a season after it's all said and done. They got to get healthy. Completely that's a big thing, healthy. Yeah. That, that, that's the biggest thing for them. I agree with everything you said. Help, they got to get back help. And it's the hardest thing to do is to come back from injuries when you don't have an offseason or preseason to kind of get yourself going. So some of these guys will probably go right up to the season, if not miss some early games. And then that's where it gets tricky. But by the time conference play rolls around, 
I, I expect Baylor to be as good as any team in the country because of their guard play. I mean, I don't know if there's three better guards that you're going to find with their level of production and experience that you're going to find outside of Kayante, but he's such a special talent. You know, he's looking like a lot, you know, he's projected to be a lottery pick. So if he comes out and just fits in and plays freely with those veterans, I, I, the sky's the limit for these guys. Yeah. When it comes to health, I'm not super concerned about it. And I do think that the benefit of having an older team here, uh, Scott was basically able to have these guards, LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler spend the entire summer worry about getting healthy. You don't have to get them better. They've already made their leap. They're already all conference players. They're already guys that can get you 14 or 15 of the best defensive conference in college basketball, right? So they just had to get healthy. Whereas if you had a bunch of young guys or freshmen coming in where they didn't have a summer, then that would be a little bit of a red flag for you. But I, I'm not super concerned about that. Um, the thing that I'm worried about is, is they don't have that, that kind of change of pace five, if that makes sense. I'm not expecting Jonathan Chambachachwa to uh, – be in, if if he does come back, which my understanding is a pretty big if, um, I'm not expecting him to be anywhere near what he is. And I think what made them so effective the last couple of years is, yeah, you could throw Flo Thamba out there who does a certain thing at the five. You could also throw Everyday John out there who does another thing at the five. Or if you wanted to go super small, you could do something like put Mark Vital there. Now, um, Caleb Lohner, I do think is someone they kind of can see in that role, right? They think that he could be a little bit more of a, a, a small ball um when I spoke with them, they mentioned Draymond Green because everybody has to mention Draymond Green when you talk about a guy that could be that position. But I, I think that that could open some things up. And we haven't mentioned Jalen Bridges. That's an impact guy to you. Yeah, and they fit both. They fit those three guards. So, like, if you put Caleb Lohner out there, he could be your five-out guy, and he can attack a closeout. Now, he shot really poor percentages at BYU, but the shot's not broken. I think it's more of a confidence thing. And I have no doubt that Scott Drew can put confidence in any player just because of how he coaches, his demeanor with the different guys. And then Jalen Bridges, he's a guy that can shoot it at a high clip, and he fits what they do. He can attack a closeout, but he's an excellent And he played shooter. for hugs, man. You know he's going to be tough. You know he can yeah, go. he's going to be tough. But you put those five out there, that's that's an offensively difficult cover for anybody. And then Flo Thamba, on the other hand, all defense. You can run some of your more traditional things with some pick-and-roll actions. I'm not sure Caleb Loner's quite the lob threat. He's not the lob threat that Flo Thamba is, but you can run some different varying actions depending on which five man's in there, RC. You you just it's by committee. Most teams mm-hmm. are gonna do it. No different than we we talked about like Kansas. It's gonna be by committee. They just rotate these guys. I mean, when you got right. that type of guard play, you just rotate and decide, you know, how, how, it doesn't matter how they play. If you got a, a face up five, you put them out there, opens the lanes up. You got a guy four out one in, you just drop it off to him and let him finish. He just has to rotate off of what side the guards are getting in the paint off of, and their guards are going to get in the paint. So it's going to be by committee, and, and they got 15 fouls to give or, or more. So it, 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 they have the, that answer I don't worry about as much because they don't have to worry about any dominant bigs in their league that they have to sit there and worry about defending. And, again, if you do that, you got bodies to throw at them. And if you got 15 fouls at one position, particularly as your big, you don't have to worry about it with their guard play because we know it's elite. Mm-hmm. And the thing about having Scott Drew out there and the thing about the, what we've seen in college basketball over the course of the last, last decade is if you had two really good guards, you're probably going to win uh, a lot of basketball games. One one guy I do want to mention, Langston Love, uh, he was the guy coming in last season before he tore his ACL that people were talking about. Yeah. Not Kendall Brown, who ended up being a one-and-done, and not Jeremy Sohan, who ended up being, I think he was the a top 10, top 12. Well, he was lottery. I forget lottery, where exactly lottery. he went. But, Just Spurs, right? Um, yeah, Love is the guy that everyone was talking about, and I do think that he's going to be uh, healthy. I, I want to switch gears a little bit because we just talked about how good Baylor can be offensively, right? The one thing about this conference is that it's been known, at least in the last couple of years, to be a very, very good defensive conference where you don't have a lot of people that can shoot. I think that uh, you know we have splits up here, and I think Trevor is going to throw up a graphic where Texas, Texas Tech, TCU, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, they are all teams that were very, very, very good defensively last year that had major shooting issues. T.O., you are a guy that was known for one thing and one thing only on a college basketball court, <laughs> unless Shock Smart is out here Thank trying you. to hype, up, Thank you. Trying to hype up his buddy, trying to hype up his guy. Well, are, are is this How much of a red flag is this? And I guess the way that I would phrase it is once you get past those top two, is there anyone in this league that you can look at and say, okay, we can't trust them to score, so how can we trust them to be great? Does that make sense? 
I, I think the one team that you could look ahead to go against that is I think Texas Tech has a couple of guys that can shoot the ball. I, I like Devion Harmon. He has increased his percentages every single year. He's been on a college campus, and there's been a lot of college campuses that my man has been on. He's on his third, I think, in four years, and he's improved every single season that he's been there. He fits a role. He's more of a traditional point guard, more than Mark Adams has had in the re- in recent memory, right? Uh, and Kerwin Walton uh, was an interesting one at Carolina because That's what he got he stuck behind Caleb Love. He got stuck behind R.J. Davis. He got stuck behind Leaky Black. His freshman year shot like 46% from three. Sophomore year under Hubert Davis, he falls out of favor. But if you go back and look at his film, he's got some shot creation ability in his game. And if he's able to do that at a high level, watch out. This Texas Tech team might have ended up with the biggest steal out of everybody. And it's – Texas Tech, we know they're going to be crazy. We know their fans are going to be a little bit nuts, but they have some shot makers uh, on that roster. And I, I didn't even mention uh, Kevin Obanor, who is a quality shooter, didn't shoot Kevin as well. Who? Banner. Kevin Obanor. Who? Sorry. O'Banner. Sorry. <laughs> uh, somebody who didn't shoot it as well uh, last season, but they're at, at during uh, his time at Oral Roberts was a plus 40% three-point shooter. So they've got guys that could make shots. That puts them ahead. Plus, you already know the no middle D uh, down in Lubbock is going to be really difficult. That's a team looking ahead that can make some shots. You know they're going to defend. They have a pure point guard. They have some shot makers. Like Mark Adams is put together, and he's recycling guys every year, which makes it really difficult to keep up with in July and August. But he's put together a roster that can make some shots, and that's really going to defend. I wonder in watching them play, a lot of people struggle with that. they obviously been number one in the country for so many years, been consistently great defensively, but Duke kind of exposed that in the tournament. I mean, just emptying that guy out, clearing it out, getting a baseline drive, and then getting two guys on the weak side. I mean, I, I won't say exposed it, but they exploited it, I'd say. And knowing what they do, I mean, they're going to be they're going to defend well. And Kerwin, like you said, is going to knock down shots. I I would add one more team in that, and I think, like I said before, I think it's Kansas. I mean, because they're going to be relying on freshmen to come in and be their best scores. There's no great shooter returning. I mean, they lost their three best perimeter shooters. You know, we spoke on that. So when we talk about their returning guys, I would add another. We know they're going to defend. We know how great they are. But they're a team that is going to be relying on freshmen that's going to be their better their better three-point shooters. So I think that's kind of microcosm of the league. That's one of the reasons why we're so high on Baylor. I think they're the proven commodity with their guard play that we know can make shots. Everyone else is kind of, I'd say, streaky at best. So I think what the big we've heard so far from take- RC on these previews, T.O., is that Kansas stinks, Duke stinks, Wake Forest to the Final Four. And Boston BC College, man. BC's winning the <laughs> ACC. <laughs> That's where we're at right now with it. Stop um, it. I, do I wanna, didn't say that. Well, while we're on the topic of Texas Tech, I, I think this is a perfect transition here because I'm I'm worried about them not having Fardaws because I do think that the way that this roster is built is one where they – they're so last year they had 27 guys – they were 24 years old. They were six foot six with seven foot wingspans yeah. and 220 pounds of pure raw athleticism, right? All they did was switch everything, and there were just waves of these dudes that they could bring in. This year, they in theory, they had two fives, right? They had a point guard that was more natural, and they had a bunch of pieces they, they kind of fill in around those. They looked a lot more traditional. If you don't have that guy where you know you could throw the ball to him on the block to you and he's going to go get a bucket, how big of a concern is that for you? Because I, I know there were reports out there that that they're hoping that Fardals will be back at the start of Big Twelve play, and you know hope is a is a wonderful thing. So, um, how how concerned are you about the Fardals injury with this group? Well, I, Daniel Bacho's got to be really good, and he's been good in spot minutes, but he's got to be good the entire year. But that kind of limits your in, your consistent inside presence. But this team still has guys that can get to the rim. I think Devion Harmon can do that. I think he can get into the lane. Definitely. And then who puts the rim who puts on rim pressure? That's the biggest thing. There's a lot of different ways to put rim pressure on. Is it with a post threat that it could have been with Fardals? It could be. Is it Devion Harmon getting into the lane? There's a lot of different ways to do that. You just kind of have to manage your uh, expectations a little bit. But going back, I, I, I was thinking about the – what Duke exposed Texas Tech at. And what they did was Duke had quality individual isolation players. Paolo Bancaro. 
They have Jeremy Roach, who is playing out of his mind, who's going to have a fantastic year this year. Guys that can get past that first line of defense by themselves. They also have guys. That's that's the build for what you need to be able to beat the no middle. You need right. You gotta have you gotta have individual scores that can get that can get baseline that can create that can draw the help and are big enough to be able to see over the top and find that skip pass. And how many teams are they going to play against that, that have that? Now, in in the Big 12, I mean, the only one that I can really say that does is Baylor. But at the same time, Baylor also has smaller guards. So that's a difficult thing to deal with. So I'm not. Kansas State. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Don't, 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 we'll get there. But let's we'll not there. forget, they're smaller. Yeah, they, their they, guard, no, they their are. their guard play. They're not as big at their guard play. To, 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 you know, to, we talk about that, too. They're not, like I said, that consistent. It reminded me of the old Illinois back in the day. You know, they mm-hmm. had it where they were just Amon Gilliam and all those guys just switch, switching parts. You and LB, but more there, Kendall Gill and those guys, and they just switching parts. You know, Davion Harmon is not a it's not a big guy. No, you know, I, I got a I got a name for you guys, right? Remember this name, Jalen Tyson. Texas Tristan. Over, over the over the summer, he was the he was as good as anybody in that gym. And there's a lot of good players that were in that gym. He's a guy that that uh, I think could have a breakout how, season. I just, I, how was Elijah Fisher? Uh, I think it's um, going to be a little bit of a transition. He's super talented, but I think it's going to be a little bit of a transition to get him ready. Um, I mean, look, when when you're a freshman going into the Big 12, there's a reason it's very (laughs) difficult for freshmen to to put up any kind of numbers. If you go back and look at the all-freshman teams in the Big 12, there's not a lot of guys. Five and a half points a game. Yeah, Yeah. there's not a lot of guys putting up big numbers. The Big 12 is a monster if you're a freshman, and I think Elijah Fisher – uh, is going to have some growing pains, but look at the end of the day, he's going to be the kind of guy February, March, where he can kind of hit his ceiling. I, I just real quick, I just want to say if you guys are uh, are into college basketball, make sure you subscribe to the Field of Sixty Eight Daily. The link is in the description below. Whether you're listening to this in the podcast feed or listen, or you're watching this on YouTube, uh, best way to keep up to date on everything college basketball. All right, I want to I want to I want to go into To's tires. We did this last night, RC. To's tires. <laughs> I, I do. We all agree that Kansas and Baylor are are in a tire of their own at the top of. Uh, hey, hey, first of all, hey, first of all, I'm I'm sick of this. So, uh, just to make a point, just to make a point, I mispronounced a few things. Oh, man, I just heard RC say Illinois. So, like, we, we we're just going to ignore this. We're just going to ignore this. Illinois. Fair. Fair, but uh, but as long as okay. Kevin Obener, as long as Kevin Obener is okay with the way I was going fast, he's going I was, I, and, I, and I corrected it. <laughs> I get ready to say till that's what we're doing now. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. That's I'll the day do it. <laughs> All right. So, hey, hey, RC, I'm just trying to get. I'm trying to deflect the hate a little bit. I'm trying to deflect <laughs> the hate. That's all this is. All right, sorry. Go ahead. All right. So Kansas is plus two fifteen to win the conference, according to our friends over at Bet River Sportsbook. Baylor is plus two thirty. Texas is plus three fifty. Do you guys think that that Texas can get in that conversation. Are they they're they're number two on Ken Palm right now? They have all of the hype. I don't know if I see them in the same level or the same category as Kansas or Baylor. Am I crazy there, RC? They got a chance. I I I don't see how you discount them. I mean, and we're obviously fond of 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 their staff, of Chris Beard and his staff and what they're capable of doing. The talent's there. You know, and 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 so I I don't see why we can discount them. I mean, we're talking about other teams like TCU. They're 14th preseason, 14th ranked team in the country. They're going to be experienced. Now they don't shoot it great, but again, they they're returning guys. They're an older team. They're returning their entire starting unit. And we talked about Texas Tech. So I I don't. There there are no gimmies, and it's difficult to repeat. And again, like we talked about, everybody's going to have some adjustments. I think Baylor has more proven commodity on the perimeter. And I'm not discrediting Kansas because I think Dewan Harris is an all-conference caliber guard. I love him. I, I, I think he'll be a, he'll step up and be a, a big player for those guys as well. So I think the league is well, I think it's those five. And of that five, I, I think it's a coin flip, to be honest. So who can win that? Who who gets playing well and who stays healthy? I think it's a five-team race, and those five teams can win it. So you think you think it's all five? You don't think that I think it's a- all five? I, I wouldn't discount. There's too much. Texas Tech has just won. They've defended so well. I think it'll be different. But I don't count them out as far as winning this league. T.O.? I don't like him to win the league unless Serge Ibori Rice, is, if he can hit shots and shot making is contagious. And it is. I mean, you'll see some bad But we have that concern teams. with the entire conference. The only reason why I say that is because shot making from the perimeter is something that we can pick apart pretty much every team 
maybe with the exception of Baylor, is why I say they got a shot. Well, Baylor, and then you got Texas Tech, who I think is going to be able to hit shots, and then and that's Kansas why I said has it. pieces to hit shots. Like those three, in my mind, uh, they've shot it well. And TCU, we haven't really talked about them a whole lot, but they've got guys that are capable shot makers. They haven't shot good percentages the whole time. I just wonder if Texas's problems are they're going to be the same as they have been. Like Timmy Allen. Uh, is a very, very good point forward. They ran some really good, interesting actions with him bringing the ball up the floor, with him doing right. dribble handoffs because teams were guarding so far off of him. If he can, it, there's word that he's been trying to stretch out his game. If he's able to knock down 33 to 36% from three, that changes the way Texas operates completely. And that opens things up. But he's so valuable to what they do offensively, you can't really take him off the floor. If he shoots it better, Texas is much better. I don't know that he's going to be able to. But shot making is contagious. You see it a lot where a team brings back a lot of pieces. They add one who is going to hit shots, and then everybody else sees the ball go to the net, and then things kind of snowball, right? Serge Barry Rice, New Mexico State transfer, he could be that guy. If they have somebody that makes shots, I think that's huge. Tyrese Hunter, the Iowa State transfer, also a big addition. Uh, not a great shooter, but well, does a see, lot of the same things. That's my that's my biggest concern is because if you look at the two biggest name additions that they have, I think you would probably say they're Tyrese Hunter and they're Dylan Mitchell. And yep. neither of those guys are going to come in and be uh, people that you circle on a scouting report and say he's a shooter, run him off the line no matter what happens. Right. I think Tyrese Hunter is probably a better shooter than what his numbers. I think he finished, what, 27 percent from three last year for Ohio State. And that was after hitting seven in a game in the NCAA tournament. I think he's better than those numbers. I think Marcus Carr, in theory, is probably better than his numbers, but I think you can make that argument for a lot of these guys. Um, Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Dylan, I just want to say Dylan Mitchell is a perfect fit for what Chris Beard wants to do defensively. Uh, great athlete. I'm going to throw this to you, though, RC. To me, the biggest X factor for this team and the, the biggest X factor for uh, the, the Big 12 as a whole is what happens from Dylan Disu and the rest of those like post height transfers, right? If you remember last year, Everybody had Texas as a preseason top five team because of the addition of Marcus Carr, because of the addition of Christian Bishop, because of the addition of Timmy Allen, and because of the addition of Dylan Disu. Those four guys were like the top six transfers, right? right. I think Dylan Disu, after he had a full offseason, after he's able to get healthy, he didn't he didn't practice at all last season. Right. He started the year on the bench. Then he came on, had like a minutes restriction. He never, never hit his peak. This is a guy, he averaged 15, nine, two blocks and shot. I think it was 36% from three as a sophomore at Vanderbilt. He was the best big man in the portal the year that he was in the portal. If right. he gets back to that level, that's a game changer. What's stopping him, right? I mean, we talked about it. When you talked about experienced guys, and you said it earlier, you know, when you when you got experience and you get an offseason and you're healthy, then you expecting those guys to come back and just be what he was. But again, it, it's I, that's why I said it. I, I think we can you can make an argument against or an argument for the top five teams i mean they're all top 25 preseason that's why i give them a shot i i just think you can you can you can nip and tuck and say just like and i and we don't know what schematically they're going to change and what what they've seen in their practices and believe and what like kansas like we talked about kansas earlier i don't know if they're going to play they're not going to play the traditional high low they can't with that personnel so we know they're going to do something schematically different and i'm wondering if anybody else in the league has made those adjustments but I, I think the top five is really strong, and I and I think there's going to be some teams, and I know we're going to get into that, that can possibly get into that. And I think the question might be is how many teams will they get in the tournament of the 10? Yeah, that'll be the question. Uh, before we get to that, I do just want to discuss TCU really quick. Um, I mean, Mike Miles, Damian Ba, Micah Peavy, Emmanuel Miller was really good for Texas A&M. They Allentown. got the big fella inside. Rondell Walker transferring in from Oklahoma State. They bring back their five starters from a team that – I mean, if we're being honest, probably should have beat Arizona in the second round of the NCAA tournament last yeah. year. They shot like 29% from three yeah, or something like brutal. that as a team last season. It was bad. It was like they had a bunch of me's out there, which is not a good thing. 
Uh, You're a better shooter than 29%. Doster, don't do that to yourself. If I was shooting in the Big 12, I don't think I'd shoot better than 29%. Let's just put it say that. That's more mental weakness than anything else. Uh, uh, Tio, how do you feel about TCU? I, I like the pieces. I like the team. They've got to be more efficient. Uh, Mike Miles is a All-America candidate. I, I don't think I'm lying when I say that, and I don't hesitate in saying that because how many guards do you know can create shots at the rate that he creates shots? That being said, not overly efficient. He is going to fire it up more than RC in his best day, and that's saying a lot because RC would get rocks up. Gotta uh, give up. But but they have they, they have some pieces that you can't help but really like. Damian Ball is a nice player. Uh, he, he turns it over too much. The entire team turns it over too much. There's obvious flaws with this roster, but with a year more and their risk reward assessment being a little bit better this year because Damian Ball like he sees it. And basketball people know what I'm talking about when I say he sees it. He sees cutters. He sees movement. He sees defenses. He can hit guys on a dime, but sometimes he's got he's got some riverboat gambler in him to where he's going to throw it when it's not necessarily there. Risk assessment for TCU is huge this season. They've got pieces. They've got shot makers. And if they're able to shoot the ball a little bit better as a whole, it's a team that could also win the league. They, mm-hmm. it, they just are. And they've got pieces everywhere. Yeah, I, I will say this. Um, I think I don't want I don't want you guys to answer this right now. We're the truth is going to come when the power rankings are officially released. But I'm going to say this. I think we're all going to have Baylor or Kansas one and two, and we're all going to have TCU, Texas, and uh, Texas Tech three to five in some kind of order. If I'm proven wrong, I'll be wrong. I'm just going to say that right now. I do want to also go to this. You mentioned this, RC. The biggest question: How many tournament teams can they get? Because I bet if we sat here and we made the argument, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, West Virginia, Iowa State, and Oklahoma are all, in theory, good enough to make the NCAA tournament. Things break right for them. So how many how many teams do you think they can get? I, I think at least seven or eight. I agree. I think, it, I, I think seven or eight will be is, is the right number that that they'll get in. I. I Part of it will be, and and when you get down to seven and eight, who do the wins come against? Do you do you win that that home game against Kansas? Do you win that home game against Baylor? You're going to get so many opportunities because again, you got a preseason team. I mean, five teams ranked top twenty-five. You're going to get enough opportunities to build your resume because the league's so strong. And I think the bottom five teams we're talking about is going to get enough pieces that if they can get like 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 Oklahoma was a year ago, kind of hovering right there. You get a couple of wins late in the season against one of those top teams. I think that'll be enough to get you in. I, I think the, I think the the ceiling is eight out of the ten. I, I think if he's probably you know. eight, just because of how many numbers you can get. But I, look, I'm going to you on this one. I'm teeing you up on this because I know what your answer is going to be. You know I agree with you on this. The sleeper in the Big Twelve, the most dangerous team outside of that top five. Is who? Because I think you're going to surprise some people when you answer this. Bring me to the Little Apple, baby. Manhattan, Kansas, Kansas State. How do you not like this team? And the fact that Jerome Tang in year one, I think he ended up, what, he have one scholarship guy return? He completely renovated that roster. From Wake Forest. Yeah, well, yeah, well, the Wake Forest transfer too. He's not, you know, he's not, he he wasn't an all-conference selection like the other one. So, excuse me, there were two. There were two. Uh, But they have pieces. They do. And they are very good. They're quick. They're long. They can defend. They have guys that are sneaking under the radar a little bit. Keontae Johnson, a Florida transfer, who didn't get to play last season, basically the last year and a half because of a health scare while he was at Florida, while they were playing at Florida State. I'm not going to go into what happened because it was scary for all that were watching, and I was watching. He is very talented. He was the SEC preseason player of the year going into that season. He is very talented. He's not being talked about enough. Uh, they have a young man named Naquan Tomlin, too. 6'10", 215 pounds. If you turn on his tape, and, buddy, there are guys that you can't take your eyes off the screen sometime. He is one of them. His, uh, he has unbelievable athleticism, at least when he was playing against JUCO guys. But it was a good JUCO league in Florida. That's a good JUCO league, right, RC? I'm sure you've dabbled down there. Maybe not at Wake Forest, but you've at least looked at him and thought about it, and you couldn't. I wish you know I could I mean? have. I tried. I tried That's to get right. some That's right. It's hard they, to get they, JUCO guys. They told me hey, no, look, but I tried. Wake Forest is not Clemson, T.O. They don't juke it up yeah, at Wake Forest. I, I tried. I, I, hey, first I, of all, name the last in all the guy you've seen come from a JUCO to go to Clemson. <laughs> <laughs> name the last one. 
Maybe when Rick Barnes was there. I digress. Naquan Tomlin and Marquise Noel, who was an all-defensive team member, they've got pieces there. And Naquan Tomlin, I'm telling you, that is an interesting piece. He could be the highest rate, the highest draft pick in this conference if things go the way that my eyes are telling me to. But I'm so scared because we know we all know there's talent in JUCO. It's a little bit more spread out, but there's talent there. Some of the things he's able to do with the basketball, with his athleticism, are downright impressive. Kansas State is a sleeper in the Big 12. Yeah, I, I just wanted to mention two more guys. Desi Sills coming in. He was at Little Rock, I believe, last year. Mm-hmm. And uh the year before that, he was at Arkansas. Former top 50 recruit, good player. Uh, old, I believe he's a redshirt senior. Um, then you have David and Guessing coming in from uh, Virginia Tech, who was a guy just talking with their staff. They think can come in and, and have a pretty big, big impact. RC, outside of that top five, do you agree Kansas State the most dangerous? Is there somewhere else you would go? Man, you've guys said that, but I'll also add Oklahoma State, and I yeah. and I say that because he said you got the returning defensive player of the year. We know they're going to defend, but they hit the portal, and John Michael Wright, the, the guard transfer from from High Point, it can score. I mean, there'll be an adjustment in this league. But he can flat out score. And Avery Anderson, you know, is another, you know, double digit score for them. And then you add Bryce Thompson, a transfer from Kansas. So we talked about the three headed monster with Baylor. I think they have three guards that are capable of matching up, may not be as talented, but they got guard play that'll, that'll keep them in game. They'll be able to control the pace. If they can just cut down on the turnovers, that's the scary part. Last year, they turned it over at a, at a, at a high clip of 21% of their possessions. They turned it over. I think they can fix that. I expect that. They had a ton of distractions and everything last year. Obviously, yeah. disappointments. I mean, they got handed they got handed a, a bad deal, and I know we're going to talk about that. I mean, I, I expect – it wouldn't surprise me if they're the team that kind of sneaks up on a lot of people because so the one, you're going to be in it. The one thing that, that Boynton has said over and over and over and over and over again, um, on the record to me, on the phone, like he just – what they dealt with last year where – there was no reward at the yeah. end of the season, right? There was no reason to, to buy into the team concept. No. Like if you're if you're competing for a spot at like the fourth place team in the Big 12 tournament, right? And you're trying to get at the third place so you don't have to play Kansas in the, the semifinals or whatever it is, right? There's motivation to keep on playing. And they had no motivation to keep on playing beyond just, you know, playing for pride, right? And he said that there's a, only a certain level that you can get to where all you're playing for is your pride. And I do think that this year we're going to see some of those numbers that come back to earth. I think that it helps that they went out and got some guys that can make shots. You mentioned John Michael Wright. I think Caleb Asbury is a guy that is going to be able to step in and make some shots. Um, I think that they're going to be able to play uh, Musa Cisse and Caleb Boone a little bit together, which could be kind of interesting in a very, very long back line. They're going to be able to guard T.O., my the, it's, the question is going to be whether or not they make down shots. I, I do want to ask you this because one of the things we wanted to do with all these previews is have a hot seat question and a, kind of a hot seat segment. Uh, there was a lot to talk about in the ACC. In the Big 12, like the turnover kind of happened last year. If there is a guy that is even close to it right now at this point, I think it's only Boynton, but I don't even think that you can say like he is quote unquote the hot seat. Is it no. is it even fair to have that conversation? Should I just move on to the next topic to you? I think he got screwed completely. I agree. Yeah. Something yeah. that he didn't even do. Yeah. And it was like they're trying to make a point by eliminating their postseason when they fully cooperated. It was nonsense. He basically lost last year. And he had a team that was probably good enough to make the NCAA tournament. But it's hard to rebound from something like that, as RC alluded to. You you can only get guys to a certain point. And that's mm-hmm. that was tough on him. There, there is no hot seat question in the Big 12. Every single school – as a stud the, at head coach. The, the other thing that hurt them too is it hurts you recruiting when you do stuff like that. I mean, guys are sitting there, you know, guys didn't, you know, entertain it because they knew what was going on there. So, you know, you think about the portal and being able to go, they missed out on a ton of kids a year ago because nobody was going to come and be a part of that. So uh, that's no hot seat. I think you got a better chance of saying, you know, who's going to retire more than, than someone being fired in this, in this league. You, you say that, you say that, RC. Uh, I'm not going to say who it was, but there was one kid that got on campus and found out that they were getting uh, banned from the postseason. And he said, wait, why is Oklahoma State getting banned from the postseason? So <laughs> they didn't all know. It's like in all... seventh grade or something. Wasn't that right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, it's, it's also, sad. like me hosting kids on official visits. I didn't want them to find out something. I just, hey, let's go over here. You see this building? We got one yeah, you, you don't need to read ESPN.com. There's nothing on there for you. Um, all right. So 
Uh, it's just noise. You block out the noise. <laughs> block out the noise. Um, I want to. I want to touch a little bit on West Virginia here. Um, you mentioned how loaded the coaching ranks are in the Big Twelve. To uh, West Virginia finished in last place last season, which happened to be the same year that Bob Huggins got inducted into the College Basketball oh. Hall of Fame. I think that kind of puts into context how good and how deep and how unbelievable the coaching ranks are here. I'll tell you this: what Hugs told me over the summer was that. Uh, last year he didn't have guys that wanted to compete. And he said that this year he has guys that would fit in with his best teams, which I take to mean he's got dogs on his roster again. Where dogs. do you stand on West Virginia? Because I, 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 I kind of like this group and I kind of see them having uh, a, a season in them that, that could be a little bit better than people are giving him credit for. Well, I, I think the biggest thing that he did that you could kind of see, he was wanting that competitive competitiveness back, especially in practice. He brought back Emmett Matthews. Mm -hmm. uh, who was there for, what, two seasons, transfers back home to Washington for one season, and then they bring him back again. And he kind of brings that toughness level back to you, the standard that Bob Huggins really wants to set and create uh, there in Morgantown. Like, this is a team and a coaching staff that has thrived off hard-nosed, tough-ass dudes for the entirety of his career. That's what Bob Huggins has had. You get him back. You get Joe Toussaint, who, who fits – what he's about. He's going to pick up full court. He's going to be not Javon Carter per se, but that same type of mentality, that hard-nosed guard and Iowa transfer. Did not, didn't average all that many points. You don't Good know re really what he's going to bring to your team there. But at the same time, he, he's a mentality grab. And then I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Trey Mitchell transferring from Texas in conference, going to West Virginia, I thought was a better pickup this time than it than it was looked at whenever he went to Texas. And the reason being because he didn't play all that much at Texas, but his per 40 minutes were around the same as they were when they were at UMass. So it adjusted fairly well. And if you don't believe me, go ahead and take a look, Rob. It, no, it, I, I believe you. I'm just were about I, the same. I no, I, I believe you. It's just I, I didn't he just didn't play defensively. It was difficult for him to adjust to what Chris Beard wanted. That's not going to be if you don't if you don't want to guard you. I don't you you and Hugs aren't going to get along. And well, that's my point. If he if can't play for Chris who Beard, how is he going to be able to play for for Huggins? You know. Yeah, but he, but they don't have anybody who can score it. Who who's going to score it? You tell me. No, they got to have somebody. Somebody's got. I think my my take is it's going to be Tucson. I think that he's going to have a very very good season because he's going to be the guy that can. That I mean, get it and go. Was I mean, he going to go from it, three points to six points? Well, no, I, yeah, I, I know you made that joke it's on, an the, upgrade. on the on the other <laughs> podcast. Too, <laughs> that's, but here's, that's a hundred percent increase right there. He, what he is, fits much much better with what Huggins is going to ask him to do than what Iowa asked him to do. Because Hugs is like they're just going to try to force turnovers and say, "All right, Joe, go go get a layup," right? And I think you're going to get a lot of easy baskets out of him that way. And it's just uh, to me, whenever whenever it's time to count out Bob Huggins, whenever you say, "Yeah, I don't know how this roster is going to fit together," like who saw Javon Carter and Daxter Miles being two players that ended up defining an entire generation of Mountaineers, right? Who saw Deshaun Johnson will take a jump too? Yeah, I think he will. Like he's the guy. Like he's the the leadership culture kind of a guy that they really like. All right, we haven't talked about Oklahoma. We haven't talked about Iowa State. RC, I. I to me, I think both of these teams are going to kind of end up at the bottom of the conference. Um, I think the Jeremiah Williams injury at Iowa State is going to be a killer for a team that already was struggling a little bit with playmaking and without having a true point guard. And for Oklahoma, I just – look, in a league, it's all about physicality and toughness. I don't know if I can uh, – the, the big boy Tanner Groves. I don't know if I can buy in on a team that's going to build everything around that dude. But Grant Sherfield is going to be able to make shots. He can True. score. They need him to be able to have a big year. He has to have a monster year for them and kind of garner all conference, you know, second team type selection. And then it gives them a chance. I think he's going to have to do it from there. three a little bit. Like he didn't. No, no, do yeah, it he's going to have to make shots. But, but, spot. He was so quick. He could get wherever he yeah, wanted. Yeah, I think he can score, but I think if he makes shots, they're going to need him. If he if he's shooting it well from three, then I, I like I said, he's going to have to try to get. I won't say first team. I think that'll be hard to get to in this league. But if he's playing at a second team all-conference level, they have a shot. He's got to be in the conversation. He's got to be in the conversation. He's got to be, be a guy that's, that's, a, that's definitely like a – if we were ranking those guys, he needs to be seventh or eighth or, you know, sixth, seventh or eighth as far as, you know, ranking the top players in the conference in order for Oklahoma to take the next step.
Pronunciation check real quick. Real quick. Joe Bamasil or Bamasile? Seal. Bamasile. Talented dude. Didn't get to play as much as what he wanted to at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Goes at George Washington. Averages a lot of points. Really, really athletic. Is he going to be able to translate it back to a power six situation? Yet to be seen. I don't see it with Oklahoma all that much. Tanner Groves is a good player. He kind of fits that old uh, – what was it? Loyola, like the old Porter Moser five men that you've come, become accustomed to, like the big burly guys, not overly athletic, can facilitate offense from the top of the key. But is that going to work in the Big 12? It's a big question. So I, I'm they, not they, buying The one thing Oklahoma. I will say about them is they have, they have good guards. But, uh, look, Grant Sherfield has not won – at his previous stops, and that is a like, great numbers guy. I don't know if it translates into wins necessarily. I do want to mention I'm Iowa State. We got, yeah, we we gotta we gotta talk about Iowa State. I just want to mention them. They're coming off of that uh, that run to the Sweet Sixteen. I think that TJ's done a really good job with them, but without Jeremiah Williams, like that that's that's uh, that's a brutal blow. That's a tough blow. I will say this though: adding Osun or Suniyi at the five as a shot blocker for a team that we know is going to get out and guard and you know is going to come with that level of toughness is something where it's just going to give them like a high floor. They're not going to be easy to play against. And if somebody like a Gabe Kalsher ends up taking a step forward and finally making shots again after going, like he's, he's been in college for, I think it's, this is his fifth year and his, his percentage has just gone down like this. He shot 40 something percent as a freshman in Minnesota. And it's just gone. He shot 24% from three last year. Got to get Let's better at working. Yeah, um, Hassan Ward too from VCU was just a great like fit piece role guy. So there's there's some guys on that roster, but like you got to have more than just like yeah they got a couple good pieces to compete in this conference. Um, all right, I need I need two seconds from both of you guys on there or thirty seconds from both of you guys on this. Bob Huggins, how long is he going to be coaching for? To Go ahead, RC. Uh, I don't see him going anywhere, and I—I I, I mean, as long as he wants, he's deserved. He, like I said, him just getting on the Hall of Fame, I—I I know he's a hell of a competitor. So I, I think it'll be if the portal is rewarding to him, then I think he'll stick around. But if it's not, I—I I, I think he's one of these guys. As we're starting to lose some of our legends in the game, the Hall of Fame coaches, and he may not be far behind if the portal isn't kind to him, because that's going to be the way he has to continue to build this thing. And if he can't get back quickly through the portal, then, you know, then, then who, who knows, but I, I, he obviously deserves to go whenever he wants. And, and, and that, that's, that's just the respectful thing to say for, for someone of his stature. He's 69 years old. I, I mean, like right. at what point, I mean, he lives a pretty good life, but 69 years old, 69 years old, like it's. But, but know, using Bayheim's line, I'm not playing. That's, I mean, you're right. You're you're right. But I mean, at some point, it's like, well, that besides Bayheim, and but I, I think it would be too. He wants to go out when you've had the level of success that he's had. I, I think the desire to get back is what's going to motivate these guys, and that's why I said I think the the portal. If the portal's kind to him and he can get back and get a team that's strong enough to contend, get him in the tournaments, he may say, "Hell, I want to ride off into the sunset." But you know, right now, I don't think any of us are picking them to be very, you know, to compete in this league. The league is brutal. I mean, it's as good as any league in college basketball. I, I'm, Five picking, years max. I'm, I'm picking them to to compete in the league. I think that they're going to be in the mix for the tournament, West Virginia. So Five years I, max, I think. All right. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's probably about the right number until the, he's going to go until he's done. Uh, I, you, you guys are both right on that. All right. Um, before Trevor starts yelling at me to get to the power rankings, I do want to talk really quick about player of the year because i think it's a fascinating conversation to i'm giving you 15 seconds on this who is your preseason player of the year in the big 12 man i i was thinking about going with mike miles at tcu just because of his ability to create shots but keontae george is just a special talent and it's not just the fact that he's so talented it's that he's so stinking competitive like that is something you can't bring out a guys once they get to college. He is so competitive. He's going to make big plays in big situations, and then you're going to look back in March. You'll be like, man, you remember that game against Texas Tech where he hit he had 10 points at the end of the, in the last three minutes? You remember that game at Kansas where he went for 30? Like, he is that kind of competitor. That's the reason I'm going to give the edge to a freshman in the Big 12 Conference. That doesn't happen all that often. RC. You guys just told me freshman numbers, they don't play in that league. I, I said that, some. <laughs> 
<laughs> but Kevin Durant did. Hey, listen, I give you – he ain't Kevin Durant, but he's good. I, he's I'll very say this. good. He, he's good. He's very good. I, I'll give you that. But I give him his team, and I think it'll be – I think it'll be flagging. I, I think his consistency and, and, and his shot making and his stability of that team, I, I, I think he'll get it. I mean, I think he'll be the lead scorer of that team. And, and again, will they hurt each other in voting for that? I think that a little bit of that would, would be going on with him and L.J. Cryer. But I, I, I think Adam Flagler will be the guy that, that I would pick as, as preseason player of the year. I'm going Jalen Wilson, and the reason I'm saying that is simply because it feels like it's time for him to have the breakout year that every junior and senior that we see at Kansas have. Maybe I'm a year too early on it. I just feel like we're going to look up in March, and he's averaging 17 points, seven boards, a couple of assists, a steal, a block, shooting 30-something percent from three for a Kansas team that's sitting in first place of uh, of the league race. All right, let's get into our, uh, our power rankings. This is the most fun part here. So we're going to start from the bottom, and I'll go first. I have Oklahoma in 10th. T.O., what do you have? Oklahoma in 10th. I got West Virginia. Oh, man. RC is, is not a fan of hugs. No, not I'm a, a big fan, fan of hugs. I, not I, fan of hugs. I'm not a big I'm fan. I'm going to text him and tell him the, that you think that he, they're going to be uh, Here's the hard part know, about this league is like they're all the league, This league is so good. Like, like right, you got to pick them somewhere. There's, Outside there's four of, teams. It's like by default. The, yeah. the bottom default. the bottom four teams are all going to be like 7-11 and 11 in this conference. This is the way that it's just going to end up working out. Um, Iowa State, I have them at ninth. I uh, went West Virginia at nine. I went West Virginia at nine. Now, that being said, uh, Jeremiah Williams being out really hurts. So I think I might switch that up. I'm going to go Iowa State at nine. (laughs) RC? Iowa State. Iowa State at nine. I have West Virginia eighth, and I have West Virginia as a tournament team. I put West Virginia. Then that moves me really at eight. As a tournament team? I don't think they make a tournament. I, I am betting on the culture. And and the and the the guys on this roster, that he's betting on Emmett Matthews turning into Joe. Well, my my, hugs, concern, hugs my issue is that you're betting, out, on, you're betting on hugs. Yes, but this the, is a like new the, team, and, and and the culture it's that's happened the before. Thing. Do you remember when they ran off Aaron Harris, and everyone was like, "Oh man, this team's going to end up being terrible." And then Juwan Staten showed up, and boom, he's the, one of the best players in the Big East, and that sparks Press Virginia, and all of a sudden you got these no star guys. Javon Carter and Daxter Miles out here. Javon Carter and he's playing in the NBA still. How long? Right? How, how now, long is? How long has it been since West Virginia was in the Big East? A, a while. Did I say the I mean, Big they East? They lost eight players. Yeah, I meant the Big Twelve. That's my bad. That's my bad. You're right. Um, no, I just wanted to make sure that like, I thought that's what you were talking about when they were still in yeah. the Big East. Like that's a long time ago. No, 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 no. It was the. Uh, it, it was they were in the Big Twelve. I, I didn't. I, I meant. Huh. I meant Big Twelve. All right. I have. Theo's Kansas State Wildcats in seventh. Same yeah. for you. Same here. And that's a team I think that could fluctuate the most out of uh, all, all 10 teams. Just because if you if you can get a great season out of Naquan Tomlin, like he's like his potential suggests, it's going to be really good. They're yep. scary. I got them Kansas State next. I, I think they're the eighth team. They're that eighth. team that's right there. Fringe, either you know, get in late, depending on if they get a big win. If not, NIT. Yeah, uh, I have Oklahoma State sixth. I think we all agree there. Anyone? Yeah, I, I it's like Mike Boynton has a particular type of player he likes to bring on. Like he needs a he needs an injection of skill. Who's going to be that guy? Mm-hmm. Fifth, I have Texas Tech. Fifth, Same. I have Texas. Nope. I have Texas fifth. I think a lot of their problems are a lot of the same problems. Serge Barry Rice is the key to that team because shot making is contagious. I have Texas fourth. TCU fourth. TCU fourth. Yep. I got Texas Tech third. Uh, I, I just I think TCU, they have shot making compared to the other five. I Yeah, I have TCU third as well, which means Kansas and Baylor are first and second. I do want to make one real quick point because over at Bet Rivers, um, TCU is plus 900 to win the league. Texas Tech is plus 900 to win the league. Texas is plus 350, and all three of us have them outside like the top three. Texas Tech, man, I I like that team a lot. Yeah, what I would say is that if you are are interested in taking a long shot in this conference, I do think that TCU and Texas Tech at 9-1 to odds is pretty good. Baylor is plus 230. Kansas is plus 215, which means that Kansas is the favorite to win the league. I have them winning the league. R.C., who do you have, Baylor or Kansas? I got, I got Baylor. 
You got Baylor, T.O.? Yep. I know you got Baylor. Baylor, guard play is too good and too much shot making. Baylor. And then Caleb Lohner and the, the other additions are going to be quality pieces. Yeah, I, I just – at the end of the day, man, I think Jalen Wilson's going to have a huge season. I love DeWan Harris. He's been there before, but uh, these are both very, very good basketball teams. Um, but listen, this has been the, uh, the Big 12 preview show here on the Field of 68 After Dark. Join us tomorrow. I will be with John Fanta, Laval Jordan, and Scoop Jardine breaking down the Big East Conference is going to be fun. It's going to be the third time that I've previewed the Big East for the Field of 68 in the last like week and a half. I'm an expert at this point. I don't think anybody knows more than I do. So for Randolph Childress, for Terrence, El- <laughs> for Terrence Oglesby, and for producer Trevor, uh, we appreciate you guys being here and hanging out with us. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.